Welcome to the commute home. This is Derek, and this is part four of Nick Goes to the Military. So, so far, Nick has taken us through the adventure of his life. We're at 17 years old. He decides to join JROTC, goes to basic training between his junior and senior year of high school, goes back to high school, has a hard time kind of taking high school seriously, but finally, you know, gets through high school. And now we're getting to the point where he's getting ready to go back for AIT training. And then we're also going to talk about his career in the service. So let's hear about Nick. Let's get to know Nick a little bit better. And let's hear about Nick Goes to the Military, part four. It's the commute home with Nick and Derek. This is Nick. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. Talk about some movies. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make the commute home. Don't honk at me. All right, Derek. So I listened to the last podcast, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and you've listened to it, obviously, as well, because you did the amazing job of editing it and making me sound super awesome. I do my best. All of our tremendous listeners, <laughs> uh, the millions upon millions uh, of the Nicksters fans. Oh, God. I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what I realized is, so, so I start playing the I, I start playing the podcast as I'm, le- I'm I'm leaving the driveway. I I turn it on, and and I realized that um, before I even got out of the driveway, which takes a matter of like two seconds, I had said the f word probably twenty times. <laughs> and uh, based on our conversation, you say I. I, I use that word a lot. And the and the S word. And the S word. Yes. Uh, son of Sam. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, yes. Yeah. So I've made, I, I am going to make a conscious effort today to refrain from using the F word and the S word. Really? I, I am. I am going to try it, and we're going to see if we can get through this entire podcast. And and I'm letting everybody know that Derek will not edit it out because I'm sure he cannot wait for me to mess this up. And I almost said F this up, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so, Do you want to know how excited I am for you to screw this up? I'm, are, are you sitting on the edge of your seat? I am. I, I really am. I, I, I did that, and I figured, hey, since we're going to play a game where we're not supposed to say certain words, we're going to be doing this today. You all know what to do whenever we hear the secret word, right? Scream. <laughs> That's right. For the rest of the day, whenever anybody says a secret word, scream me aloud. <laughs> ready? Let's try it. All right, Nick, let's try it out because I got my finger on the trigger, ready to go for the rest of the show. I can't say it, though. I said I wouldn't say it. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens then. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear, hear something. Maybe we won't. You, you, you relax that trigger finger, buddy. <laughs> This is, this is, it's going to be a good day today. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. For the reason we're really here, let's talk about you uh, finishing up uh, or next steps for you in the military. Yeah, next steps. It's like an anthology. This thing just keeps going. It is. This is Band of Brothers. This is Band of Brother. <laughs> Band of Brother. Right. A new TV show. Uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage can play me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Danny DeVito, man. Oh, yeah, Danny DeVito, yeah. Danny DeVito could play me now. Maybe Peter Dinklage could play me then. Gotcha, the, the young Nick, gotcha. The young Nick, yeah, exactly. So uh, so I, I finally I got out of basic training in what te- it seems like took six months. Uh, went back to school uh, my senior year in high school. And the following summer, scheduled to go back to AIT. So as I'm going through high school and everything and doing all this stuff my senior year, that you know you typically do and everything um uh, the the new year rolls around it it becomes 1999 and um i i forget sort of at least that's what i would tell people is that i forgot when the days i was supposed to go to drill and drill is where you go one weekend a month for for the national guard and you forgot that I, I forgot which days. Which days, okay. Yeah, which days. 
and I, and I, I dropped my notes. Fudge! Woo! I almost messed it up right there. Um, so I forgot which days I was supposed to go, and I just didn't go. Instead, you know, the responsible adult thing would have been to do was to call my unit and say, hey, when do we have drill this month? I, I, I forgot the days. But I, uh, at that point, was probably never confused with being a responsible adult. So I didn't do that. And then, uh, so I ended up missing like three or four months in a row of drill. <laughs> okay. And then the first time, like the first month goes by and I'm like, hmm, are they going to send like the MPs to my house? Are they going to try and find me? And then like bring me back or some stuff like that? And uh, that didn't happen after the first month. So I'm like, oh, okay. This is cool. And, 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 and <laughs> why were you testing this? Why were you like, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. We'll see if fate works. You know, I don't think originally it was a test. I, I do truly think that originally that first month that I, month that I missed, I do think that it was completely accidental. Okay. But then like nothing happened. So I'm like, Ooh, how long can I make this work? And, um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they're like, hey, you don't have to go back. And I'm like, what do you mean I don't have to go back? And they're like, well, when you do split training like I did, you sign when you're under the age of 18. So once you become of age, if you decide you don't want to be in, they have to discharge you because you could sit there and say that somebody forced you to do it and you never really wanted to join and this, that, and the other thing. So they could potentially not make me go back for AIT. And I'm like, ooh, that's an out that I could use if I decided to. It was just kind of in the back of my head. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to do that. It was just kind of like, hmm, maybe that'll work. But then again, they never came looking for me. So, so you were on basic and you're still on the fence or you had already done basic and you were still on the fence if you wanted to be in the military or not. Yeah. <laughs> Kids. I was, I was on the fence on whether I wanted to be in the military or not until the day they let me out of the military. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I didn't join for, you know, anything specifically. I was just like this. This is probably the right thing to do. I'm going to go do that. Um, so, again, three or four months go by. I graduate. And, again, I still haven't heard from, from the military. And I didn't, uh, I didn't call. I was like, well, if they want me, they know where to find me, right? So I start working. And, and I get this job at a, at a car auction. And what I would do is when the car would be auctioned uh, and... Um, Car dealerships would buy the cars. We would drive them to the dealerships from the auction. And, and one day, probably it's like mid to late June, um, I, I come back from taking one of the cars to a car dealership in Indianapolis. And like my boss comes like running out to the, to the van that transports us back. And he was like, they've been looking for you. Where, where have you been? Everybody's been trying to get a hold of you. And I'm like, dude, I took the, I took the car to the, to the dealership. And they're like, you got to go right now. And I'm like, go where? Did somebody die? And they're like, no, the military's looking for you. And I'm thinking, like they say, the military's looking for you. I'm thinking I'm going to get out and there's, again, there's going to be MPs. And they're going to like bust me and take me to, to military jail because I skipped drill for like four months in a row. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, and I get there, I get in the, the thing and I call... And they're like, you need to get down to, to the armory right now. Um, you're, you're scheduled to leave tomorrow. And I'm like, what? Nobody told me this. And they're like, we've been looking for you. Nobody told me for... this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like, we've been looking for you for three months. And I'm like, how have you been looking for me? And they're like, do you still live at this address? And I'm like, uh, no. They're like, do you still have this telephone number? Uh, no. <laughs> They're like, that's why we couldn't find you. We finally hunted down your grandmother 
and she told us where to find you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Haunted Diner grandmother. She's like, oh, so you like opened the phone book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because phone books were a thing back then. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, man, I, I like, I rushed. They're like, you got to get down here right now. And I like rushed down there and they're like, okay, here's your orders. You're leaving tomorrow. And I'm like, well, where am I going? They're, they're Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and you're going to start your training. Uh, once you get down there, you should be a paralegal. And I'm like, but hey, I heard that I don't have to go because I signed when I was 17. And they were like, excuse me? And I said, yeah, I was talking to somebody. They said, because legally I wasn't of age, all I have to do is say that I was forced to join. <laughs> and my, and my, uh, my first sergeant said, Private Logan, were you forced forced to join the military? <laughs> and I'm like, are you asking me just generally, or is this like an official question? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, do you plan on getting out of the military? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I had, I was, I said I was gonna go out Saturday night. I had some stuff to do, and he was like. Did somebody force you to join it? And I'm like, no. He was like, you're leaving tomorrow then. <laughs> Imagine what would have happened if you would have said yes. Yeah. Oh, it, like, they probably would have made me, like, sign an affidavit, and I would have had to, like, go in front of these, like, commanding officers, and there probably would have been a trial. The, the, I, it probably would have been something like they would have called in the recruiter, and the recruiter would be like, we didn't force him to do anything. Yeah. I'm like, you lie. That's all they do is lie. <laughs> so, uh, so the first sergeant was like, um, do you have your stuff? And I'm like, no. I came here from work. He was like, you need to go home and get your stuff, and then you need to report to the hotel by 5 o'clock. You know, the same hotel that you stayed at before basic training. So uh, he's like, here's your orders. You know, you'll go from the hotel to the airport tomorrow and you'll fly down to, to Fort Jackson. I'm like, uh, okay, I guess. Sure. So I go to the hotel. I take my stuff and I just drop it off. And then I, I go back home and sleep because I'm like, I'm not hanging out at the hotel. I got, you know, I'm going to go hang out for a little bit at home before I got to go do this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, and then the next morning I get on the plane and go to AIT and, and I'm sitting there like, and it's almost like the last time we talked, like I'm not even in my mind, I'm not supposed to be here. Not even supposed to be here today. Not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Working on my day off. I'm like, I don't have any idea what's going on in my life when it comes to the military. <laughs> revenge of clerks, man. You're not supposed to be there. Uh, yeah, Revenge of the clerks. Yeah, that should be like the, 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 the final title there. Um, so I go back down. You know, I get, I get to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and I get, to I get to the reception station again. And it's not as bad as the first time. You know, like I get off the bus and there's not people yelling at you. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're already... Uh, you have orders. You're not like starting basic training. You go to a different side of reception. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, you're not housed with the, all the the new recruits and whatnot. Um, so it's it's a little bit more lax. It's not like you're just like, hey man, what's going on? Nothing like that. But it's it's a little bit more chill. And uh, and I get there and I'm in only in reception for like. Well, I'm in reception for like another week because they got to get your orders straightened out. They got to say, hey, this is when your class starts for your training and everything like that. And that entire time in reception, because you're not going to basic training and you're not getting shots and everything like that, you're just sitting around not doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You're not doing shit. <laughs> oh, I did it. Oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I was doing so good. I was like five <laughs> minutes into it. <laughs> you're good, yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, so you're not doing anything. <laughs> so we're just sitting around watching like TV and, and watching movies, playing video games and stuff like that. And then 
you know, they they called me into the office one uh, one morning and like, okay, tomorrow you're going to go to your unit to to start your training. And I'm like, okay, perfect, great, because I'm I'm kind of getting bored with the same video game over and over again. So I go I I go the next morning, and uh, I'm the, I'm the only person. Like when you go to basic training, like all these people you're in reception with, you go to basic training with. Mm-hmm. But when with AIT. You're by yourself unless there are other people in your class, which with me, there was no other people in my class in reception at that time, which I thought was kind of weird because I'm like, well, don't you guys train all the people? Am I going to be the only person in this class like the entire time? I soon found out that wasn't the case. But so anyway, I get off. uh, I get off the bus. They take buses everywhere uh, uh, down there and I get off the bus and I've got out my 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 duffel bag on my back. And everything like that. And I come around this corner where the barracks are. And, and I'm like, I, I, I come around this corner and the sidewalk is painted with this huge cobra. Uh, look like a Cobra Kai logo. Okay. And I'm like, hey, that's a pretty cool painting. And then I walk on it. Because <laughs> I'm like, it takes up almost the entire sidewalk. So I'm just like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then I just keep walking. And, like, I'm halfway through this, and, the, and this, this cobra is, like, five feet, okay? So it's, it's a couple strides mm-hmm. worth. And I'm, I, so I'm, like, halfway through this thing, and I hear hollering from this window. And, and I'm, like, who's getting? And I, and I stop right there. So I'm standing in the middle of the cobra, and, like, all of a sudden this door swings open, and I'm having flashbacks because a five-foot african-american drill sergeant comes out and she's yelling at me and i'm like i haven't even got in the door yet man. and then she's like she starts like cursing me out what the expletive 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 are you doing standing on my expletive cobra and i'm like i, I didn't know sergeant and i call i called her sergeant because she didn't have the hat. Okay. She didn't have her hat on. Because I guess she saw me and like stormed out the door. And she didn't have her hat on. So I didn't know that she was a drill sergeant. And I called her sergeant. Okay. And she's like, then she starts laying into me because I'm a drill sergeant. You private, get down. Give me 50. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like five feet into this common area <laughs> where the barracks are. And I'm already doing push-ups again. I'm already getting yelled at because I stepped on the painted cobra. Mm-hmm. And I later found out you don't step on the cobra. That's the mascot. You're you're disgracing the mascot if you step on it. And I'm like, there so, should really so be a sign. So the cobra is is the mascot of the of the paralegal corps? Uh for that barracks, yeah. Because oh, for the barracks. there's like okay. uh yeah, for that barracks. So so in that barracks, you don't just have paralegals, you also have like there's like the postmaster and like clerks and like clerks and not like convenience store clerks, but uh, military clerks. And, and so those people like admin type job. These jobs scream Cobra to me, by the way. They don't they? Yeah. Aren't they like big, bad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's more like purr. Purr. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interesting. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm like, there should really be a sign that says, "Don't step on the damn cobra," but um, but there wasn't. So that was that was my uh, that's my cobra story. And and when I first get in there, and then and then I get in the doors after I'm sweating like crazy because she wouldn't let me put my butt duffel bag down. So I'm doing push-ups with the duffel bag on. And to be honest with you, Derek, I hadn't done any physical training mm-hmm. in like three months mm-hmm. because I was skipping drill. Right. And I'm like, I'm debating on whether I'm actually going to go back and do this stuff. So those 50 push-ups were kind of hard, you know, and I'm sweating like crazy because it's South Carolina. And, uh, I go inside and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Sorry, drill sergeant. And she was like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> private Logan. Me don't friend. talk to me. You just stand there. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. Um, she's like, you just stand there. I'll come and find you. And I'm like, you'll come find. If you tell me to stand here, how much seeking are you gonna have to do? Is what I'm thinking. 
but I'm I'm fine. Okay, fine. I stand there, and she was like, uh, you're going to 27 Delta School? And I'm like, yes, drill sergeant. And she said, well, it starts in two and a half weeks. And I'm like, drill sergeant, they told me at reception the class starts tomorrow. What did I just tell you, Loken? Uh, starts in two and a half weeks. She was like, don't worry, you'll be busy. And I'm like, I know, I know where this is going. I know what busy is. Like, I'm going to be like peeling potatoes and doing KP duty mm-hmm. and, and cutting grass and weed eating, freaking all that stuff. And she was like, I got a special job for you. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to know what it is, but uh, mm-hmm. she was like, you're going to do suicide watch. And I'm like, part of me is like, what in the heck is that? And then the other part of me is like, that sounds really cool. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> she was like, we got a private here that can't hack it. And he keeps threatening to kill himself. So guess what you're going to do for the next two and a half weeks? You're going to watch him. 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Ooh. He is going to become your best friend. I'm like, okay. So for the next two and a half weeks, I spent the entire day with this guy I had never met before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was from Texas who didn't want to be in the military. And, you know, I had to eat with him uh, during the day. And, you know, I had to, if he needed to go get toothpaste i had to go to the to the px with him and get toothpaste he wanted to go to the movies i had to take him to uh the on-base movie theater which is you know we went and saw wild wild west and disney's hercules wild wild west i understand but two grown dudes in a military base watching disney's hercules uh, a little awkward (laughs) well you know maybe he he wanted to know the myth of you since you were called uh, hercules and basic you know that that could have been it yeah. That could have been it, because I think I told him the story before then, and he was like, well, I want to go see you on the big screen. And I'm like, who doesn't? <laughs> Little man, big screen. <laughs> <laughs> Little man, big screen, that's right. Represent. Uh, <laughs> so, like, so, so essentially, and, and the interesting thing about this is, like, the drill sergeant is telling me when I first get this detail they're like, he's already tried to kill himself three different times. If he kills himself on your watch, there is going to be hell to pay. You understand that, Private? And I'm like, yes, drill sorry. I'm like, he tried to kill it. Like, what does that mean? And she wouldn't tell me, like, what he had did. Mm-hmm. And later on, later on, I find out that, like, he, he took shoestrings <laughs> and tried to put them over a, uh, like, a clothes rack, uh, thing and like to hang himself but he was taller than the clothes rack (laughs) smart guy you know another he tried to drown himself in a toilet bowl (laughs) oh he is desperate man wow um so so i get up there and i meet this guy and like you know, on a quick side topic, my, my college was University of Illinois Chicago was built in the I believe it was either fifties or sixties I think sixties, and they built the the uh, all the classrooms to try to try to make them suicide proof. So like all the windows to all, all the classrooms, like you'd be up on the fifth floor, and all the windows are like six inches wide, but they're like ten feet tall, and they're made so that kids couldn't jump out the window and kill themselves because they were having a real problem with that back in the day. So none of them tried to stick their head in the toilet? <laughs> I'm just thinking, he must, he must have been desperate to try to do something, but there was no easy way of doing it at the, uh, you know, in, at, at the base. Kind of reminded me of my college. Yeah, so, so, like, I go meet this guy, and he's got, like, flip-flops on, right? Because they don't want to give him shoestrings <laughs> now. Right. And, and, and they're like, you, uh, you can't wear your boots. And I'm like, why? And they're like, he might try and take them from you. And I'm like, but they're tied on me. <laughs> Fine, whatever. So I'm walking around with flip-flops on in my military uniform. Um, unless we went to, like, uh, out of the barracks and whatever. So, so I meet this guy, and, 
he doesn't say anything to me for like the first two days. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just keep talking to him. And, and I'm sure like probably not a good idea. Like <laughs> thinking back, like dude could have like wigged out and tried to kill me or something like that just to get himself out of there. But, what, with the toilet bowl? Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have tried to strangle me, I guess. Everybody's <laughs> bigger than me, so. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, he could have tried to, yeah, stick my head in the toilet, give me a swirly. That's dress. what I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, after three days, he was like, do you ever shut up? <laughs> and you're like, no. And one day, I'm going to do a thing called a podcast. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's right. People are going to listen from all over the world. The millions. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're not talking, so I got to talk to myself. Because in case you haven't noticed, there isn't a darn thing to do around here. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was like, we just went to the movies. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, do you want to go see another movie? And he was like, no, they don't have anything playing that I want to watch. So, so all of a sudden this guy starts talking to me and, and, and like we start strangely enough, like we start like this friendship because dude is from like Texas and he's telling me about, you know, growing up in Texas and, and like one day, probably like a week and a half into this, I'm like, so why do you keep trying to kill yourself? And he was like, attention. Mm. And I'm like, you don't want to, I said, so you don't want to die. He goes, no, I don't want to die. He was like, I tried to kill myself on a clothes hanger <laughs> that I'm taller than. <laughs> and I'm like, really? That's he's interesting. Like, I just wanna, he's like, I just want out. I'm like, isn't there other ways to do it? He goes, not that I can think of. Oh, oh, so, okay. So, so when they said he couldn't hack it, it means he was trying to, he was pretending to try to kill himself to get out, basically. Yes. Ah, yes. okay. So I'm like talking to this guy and, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting dynamic because like he, he just didn't want to be in the military. There was nothing wrong with him. He wasn't like crazy or anything like that. He was actually a pretty nice guy other than like his methods. I don't necessarily agree with, but, uh, <laughs> he, he never actually hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, um, you know, he just didn't want to be in. And after, at the end of the two and a half weeks, so he was supposed to go home on, on a Wednesday. And like that Monday, he tells me, he goes, he goes, I think I'm going to stay in. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He was like, you know, past couple weeks haven't been too bad. He was like, I think I can make it through this. I think it'll be fine. And and I'm like, you know, I'm almost like, I puff my chest out. I'm like, I brought this dude back. Not only is he not going to kill himself, he still wants to be in the military. So I'm like, I go, I was like, you know, we should go tell the drill sergeant. And he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll tell her later on when we see her. So so we go down there to the drill sergeant. We had to do check-ins every two hours with the drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I go down there, and I'm like, drill sergeant, I've got great news. And she was like, what news could you possibly have that's great, Loken? You don't use the telephone. You don't read the newspaper. You don't watch the TV. So what news could you have? And I'm like, hey, he doesn't want to leave. I said, he, not only does he not want to kill himself, but he doesn't want to leave. And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he just doesn't want to be in the, he didn't want to be in the military. Now he wants to stay. And she was like, let me break this down for you. You don't have three attempted failed suicides and then get to stay. She was like, you will not pass the psychiatric evaluation. I'm like, but he wants to stay. (laughs) (laughs) So she makes me go talk to the battalion commander by myself without him. And the battalion commander is like accusing me of like manipulating this guy's mind to stay into the military. Hmm. Like almost like I I am recruiting him to stay. And I almost said to him like, isn't that like what you want? Don't you want crazy people that'll do whatever you tell them to? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. I programmed him for you. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) 
you'll get my check. My check will be in the mail. My bill will be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I literally had to talk to the battalion commander and explain to him that like this is like he really wants to do this and everything like that. Long story short, two days later they send him home. <laughs> yeah, because it's it, too much of a liability and everything like that. Right. So, right. That makes sense. Makes it makes sense. And I actually got a letter from that guy like two years later. Oh, really? Yeah, and he had a he was married and had a had a kid. And I'm like, well, well, all right. Well, so I mean, maybe 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 he did have issues and he. He didn't want to kill himself, and he decided not to. Or maybe he didn't, and he just didn't want to be in the military. Regardless, it seemed like at that time it seemed like he was he was doing okay. So mm-hmm. uh, there's there's two, there's two more things I, I want. I want to, uh, one more thing. Two more things. One more thing. One more thing about AIT. Because I'll be honest with you, man. For the most part, AIT was boring. Mm-hmm. You know, I did I, I did some stuff. I was involved in this funeral detail. I was I was the the guide arm bearer. For the unit, which means like I carried the flag wherever we marched, uh, type stuff. The shortest guy in the entire freaking barracks gets to carry the flag. Weird, but that's what hmm. I did. But, but um, once you're once you start training for your schooling and everything, about halfway through, you start getting uh, passes to go off base. How long is AIT altogether? Uh, for me, uh, eight. Eight weeks okay. for me. So it depends on the it depends on the job though. Right, right. So so for me it was it was eight weeks. And uh so so you get ready, you get ready in the barracks, they get ready and uh to go on the, the different passes and you know, based on your pass, like the the battalion commander will come out and he will give like a speech and he's like, you know, don't do drugs, don't drink, don't get in trouble, blah blah blah. If you're gonna make sure you practice safe sex. And he would always say, safe sex does not necessarily mean a padded headboard. Like, that was his joke. Like, ah. Bum, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, because what I found out the first overnight that I did, and essentially what it is, is you just get a block of hotel rooms at a hotel, and everybody's just freaking partying mm-hmm. the entire time. And, and partying and having sex. That's why they say it, because that's all that just about that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, we would fill bathtubs up with ice and have beer and all kinds of other stuff. And then, you know, other rooms were designated for specific things. Mm-hmm. What, by the way, I'm a good person. I didn't sleep with a single woman while I was in AIT. Um, that's all it takes to be a good person? Back then, yeah, that was big <laughs> stuff for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> um. So so uh, but there was this movie out back then, and I'm like, I had heard about this movie from a couple of other people that had had passes before. They're like, hey, you got to go see this movie. It's based on a true story. It is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, I like scary movies. I'm gonna go see that as soon as I get the off base pass. So the movie was The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I, again, you know, didn't read the paper. Uh, TV was very limited. Uh, telephone calls, when you did get them, they were very short. And you weren't talking about movies, typically. <clears throat> so uh, I went and saw The Blair Witch Project. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, dumbfounded. Like, this was, like... Really, the first experience to the whole uh, found footage genre, and and there was the 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 fear aspect, the suspense, and everything like that. And I'm like, I'm loving this movie. And then the end, where she comes around in the in the building, and he's in the corner, and all of a sudden the freaking camera hits the ground, and I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. How did they find this this stuff after all this time? I was totally into it. Mm-hmm. I bought into it. Uh, after the movie, I'm walking through the mall, and there's the bookstore. And after my perfect storm, you know, thing, I like reading books, or I liked reading books. Now people read them to me. Uh, and and there was this book about the Blair Witch Project, and I'm looking through this, and it's like pictures from case files, 
quote unquote, and like interviews with residents and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like bought into this. I buy this book and I buy this other book about uh, other stories about the Blair Witch. And I'm like, this is the realest thing. Like, I cannot believe this. I, when I leave AIT, I'm going to go on a trip and, and uh, as soon as I can, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go out here to where this Blair Witch thing is going on. Like, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was totally bought in, bought in, and it's like that's this bubble, this military bubble, right? It's like people can give you information, but you really don't know the truth. And and I tell you what, my heart sank like two months after I got home because the MTV Movie Awards were on, and the three people that died in the Blair Witch Project <laughs> came, came out on – uh, on stage to present an award. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought they died. And then, the, and then like I start like researching and it's like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just a movie. And I'm like, what do you mean? It was just, a movie? my whole life has been a lie. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy. You know, it didn't, it, for me, it didn't last very long, but the, the Mia Jovovich movie, uh, the fourth kind, that movie messed me up when that came out. Oh, that was such a good flick, man. Yeah. It, if, if people aren't familiar with it throughout the movie, they keep on showing like this theatrical version of like an alien abduction. And at the same time, they show on the other side of the screen, real life footage of what happened. And you're seeing the real life footage, and I was like, "Oh my god, we we actually have now we have proof that aliens exist and they're abducting people, and they have a bunch of it in the movie." And then I'm, and I'm freaked out about it. So afterwards, I'm online, you know, googling stuff, looking stuff up. I'm like, "Oh, the theatrical footage was actually made as well too, <laughs> and, and and the real life footage was was made." So you know, they they doctored footage to make it look like it was uh, real life footage, but it was all made up. But it was really well done how, how it was done. It, it sold me. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was great, man. That was really the whole found footage thing, like when it first it's kind of kind of overdone at this point, but I I I, I really, really, really liked it. And like I said, they, they had me hook, line, and sinker with Blair Witch Project. I probably would have fought somebody if they would have told me that was fake when I was in AIT. Yeah. Like, you are a liar. You lying. <laughs> I got a book. I got a book that says so. <laughs> Good marketing right there, man. Yep, Good yep. marketing. But yeah, man, that, so um, and a couple weeks after that, man, I, I graduated from AIT and went back home. And uh, then I went back to my one weekend a month, uh, two weeks out of the year. And um, I, uh, I didn't miss any more after that. After I got back from AIT, I'm like, I'm going to see this through. I'm going to finish it up. I had I joined in 98. I got out in 2004. And uh when I got out it was really interesting because like the 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 last 6 months before I got out uh my unit was prepping. Now, one of the things one of the reasons I joined my unit is because my unit had not been deployed uh to combat since World War II, including the Vietnam War. Now, we had had people deployed, but not the entire unit. Okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to be, not only am I going to be a paralegal, but I'm going to be a paralegal in a unit that doesn't go anywhere. So most of the time on my drill weekends, what we would do is we would travel to other units and we would prepare wills for people that were leaving. Mm. So no, no big deal. Uh, 9-11 happened, and then we started preparing wills for Soldiers that were going, um, you know, to Iraq and Afghanistan. So depressing, but what have you. So, uh, but anyway, six months before I'm supposed to get out, uh, my units, like, we get the orders, everybody's going to deploy. Um, ha- half of the group was going to go to Afghanistan. The other half was going to go to Kosovo. Um, and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to go to either one of those places. <laughs> and, and, and so I asked my, my, uh, my, my first sergeant, I'm like, um, so I get out in May, you all deploy in April? Uh, or we, I said we deploy in April because I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, 
do you want to come with us? And he was like super excited. Like, do you want to come with us? And I'm like, come with you where? He was like, well, you can choose Afghanistan or Kosovo. And I'm like, no. He was like, you, I'm like, I'm supposed to get out in May. I said, what am I going to do? Go there for a month and then you send me back home? He goes, no. If you go, you're going to have to re-up. You're going to have to re-sign. And I'm like, I'm not re-signing? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, I did my six years, man. I gave you six years of my life. It was six years altogether. Six years altogether from 98 until 2004. Okay, so this wasn't right after 9-11. Okay, so this, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, this was a, this is a couple a couple years later. Okay. So it would have been 2003. Uh, well, 9-11, right? 9-11 happened, but they didn't really start that the military stuff until what December or January, right? It wasn't automatically right after that. Or maybe I'm misremembering. No, well, yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah. I just, I just remember like 2002, everybody was kind of nervous because they didn't know if we were going to get deployed. Mm-hmm. And I started getting nervous too. I'm like, I don't want to go do that. Uh, even though I had joined us, like if I had to, I would, but whatever. So yeah, 2003 though, you know, we started hearing rumblings and then the official word came down that we were going to uh get get deployed and and whatnot. And like I said, they said, "Well, you can you can deploy with us like I would want to or something like and uh but you're going to have to re up and I'm like, "No, I'm good. I am absolutely good." So it was crazy cuz they they deployed in early April. I had two more drills that I have to do had to do and essentially when I did the drills it was they just brought me in during the week one week and I just did the four days all uh all in a row and I painted a mural on the first sergeant's wall that was like my last official thing in the military uh, as soon as I was done with the mural they were like well your your time is up uh in 2 weeks so uh good to know you and 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 that was kind of it. Now, when you join the National Guard, though, like that, that's six, you, you do six years, but you also have two years of inactive service, which means they can call you back. Right. Uh, uh, and they didn't. So that, that was kind of the end of this long, drawn-out conversation. And four podcasts later, my anthology of uh, Nick joining the military. <laughs> and there it is. There it is, man. Not bad. O- only one slip the today. Not bad at all. I didn't say the F word not once. No, you didn't. You, you wanted to a lot, though. There was a lot of fudge and frick and all that. <laughs> oh, it was so hard. And it some was pe- so and hard. And some people say saying frick's the same thing as saying fuck. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you you want to put that word there so mentally it's there. Your kids know you want to say it when you say it in front of them, when you say frick. That's true. Yeah, same thing, man. Baby steps, Derek. Baby <laughs> steps. <laughs> now, did it make it harder for you to to converse uh, without you know, trying to censor yourself? Basically, uh, it, it was a little bit harder, honestly, because like especially talking about the uh, when I was going through the the stepping on the cobra painting. Yeah. Oh my god! Like I could have just. Because, like, every other word out of her mouth was the F word. And that's probably why I curse so much. Military did it to me. Could be. Or dysfunction, dysfunctional parents or uh, <laughs> the sum of all. <clears throat> Growing up, that's just how we talked as kids. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's how we talked as kids. Um, so, yeah, man, it was... Uh, I, I will tell you this about the military. When I was in the military, I didn't like it. Not not at all. I really didn't want to be involved with it. It was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, it, like, all it came down to. It, it wasn't just being told what to do. It was so many, many things. The fact that people can control what you do and where you go and all that stuff at, at a moment's notice, uh, I didn't like that. But get, since joining the military, though, um, I, I gotta say, like it's it's helped me uh, become the person that I am. So I, when people ask me if they join, it's if they should join, it's not really an easy thing to answer because it's not blanket. <laughs> so how did it, how did it help you become the man that you are? 
Uh, well, because it does. It does. It teaches you discipline, and it teaches you. <laughs> Which it sounds that, like it did not stick to you very well from your stories well, of basic. Uh, and, no, and, not at the time. And for your stories it, it, of skipping four months of um, drills. It took man. It took me a while to get rolling, man. You skipped you know, a bunch of classes at school. Yeah, it. You know, but it finally stuck. You know. Yeah. How so? I, you know, I haven't skipped work. Okay, well, yeah, that's different, though. <laughs> uh, you know, after I got back from AIT, I didn't skip drill anymore. So you think it did finally sink in? Yeah, it, it, it finally it finally sunk in, and it, it it was just I think it as I got older, you know, looking back on some of the the moments. The teaching moments where I thought I was just doing push-ups. I don't know. I guess I looked at it through a different lens. Okay. But but it, it's but at the end of the day, I still have to be me. So I couldn't let it change entirely who I am. So <laughs> no, I don't think I'd be able to uh, with you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy story, especially now knowing that you know you were an eighteen-year-old kid, or I'm sorry, seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah, and you didn't have good reasons to go in. You're like, no. you're like, oh, okay. It's you know, you you had made the decision that like I, I need this for my future. I need this for college. I need this to have a life. I need this to get out of my situation. It's my dream to join the military. It wasn't any of that. You're just like, eh, what the heck? Uh, that's that's, and then you know, making a basically a six year commitment as a seventeen year old. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's like marriage. As a seventeen-year-old, well, I mean, even college. You look at people that, that, that you know go to college straight out of high school. The first-year dropout rate is insanely high, and uh, military, yeah, you, you really can't do that. So, I, you know, I, I'm sure you know. You always hear the stories about the guys who were, you know, it was their dream to be in the military and they wanted to be in the military, and the stories of the people that uh, that re-upped because they wanted to be uh, with their with their. Uh, with their unit getting deployed, you know, they didn't want to abandon the guys and, and to see kind of you kind of the other side of the coin where, you know, you, you didn't know why you went in, didn't have strong reasons to be there and then be like, no, nah, I don't really want to go to war. And uh, no, nah, my time's done. I'm done. Uh, it's kind of refreshing to see that kind of more realistic side and different side of the military. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've talked to some people about that, you know, the fact that like, Hey, um, you know, I, I could have went with my unit and I could have went to war and, and, you know, and fought. And I mean, I was a paralegal, so let's be honest. Most of the time I would be in a, uh, I would be in some tent somewhere doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like some people just like look at me funny, like I should have done it, but it's like, well, you live your life. I'm going to live mine because I think it was the right thing for, for me to do because it wasn't, it wasn't my desire. I didn't want to I didn't. I never wanted to go to war, and if I had to, I would have. I just, I didn't, and um, you know, I think that when they got deployed and I was getting out, if they could have forced me to stay, you know what I mean? I had that two years of inactive service. They could have forced me to stay, but it, they didn't. So yeah. I was like, well, if they're not going to force me to stay, then you know, I'm I'm not going to do it on my own. So yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it seems like most people that. Uh I guess most people, a lot of people that, that when they're in the military, they they portray themselves as being a patriot, as being like Captain mm. America, where they were 100% all in. And, uh, you know, and I think that's why kind of people get used to hearing those stories from people and you being like, no, nah, I, I didn't want to go to war. You know, I, that's not what I was there for. Uh, you know, the fact that you weren't acting like Captain America and you weren't acting like like the, the biggest patriot in the world, it's it's different and it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I never had that. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I there is there is patriotism in me. There, I don't agree with everything that happens in this country, but I do love the country. But yeah, to to your point, I like I'm not Captain America. I'm not gonna. Uh, that's just not who I was back then. And now I have a family to support, so it's not necessarily who I am today. So. Uh, you know, I think that we need people to be all kinds of people, and there are plenty of people that want to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. exactly. That's and uh, that's. I think that's a really good part of the story. I really, yeah.
and and I, and I would think that a lot of people that that are that are like you don't even fess up to it because of the expectations of others. Yeah, like I said, yeah, you I mean, you talk to people about it and you know, especially when so it always makes me like my kids they invite me to go to Veterans Day, okay, at their schools. And uh it makes me feel awkward, right? Because when 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 you're going around the room and you always have to introduce yourself and you have to say what you did and this that and the other thing and I'm sitting next like I went this past year I was sitting next to this this gentleman who did two tours in Vietnam. And like to me like I I I uh, I look up to that man, you know, and I appreciate everything that he did and and in regards to military service, I am not nowhere near on the same playing field as him. Right. So so like I have mad respect for that but when you tell people that you know this is what i did and you know they could have deployed me but they didn't and when it was time to deploy look it was time for me to get out so it's just i i got out and you do you get people that look at you cross and you probably get people that you know think negatively to some point about you and i'm like well that's fine because you know you weren't there and you don't know and and everything else. There's so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, very good, man. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for being patient. Uh, <laughs> I know that there's there, we, we're going to put out four podcasts, but this was really about eight or nine <laughs> to get this to get this to get this thing right. So I, I had a lot of story to tell, but more so basic than anything else so i appreciate you sticking with me on it no problem man and that was part four of nick goes to the military we hope you enjoyed it we covered nick making that big decision when he's 17 years old to join jrotc go into basic training between his junior and senior year go back to high school for one year as a senior then jump back into ait and then spend a total of six years in the military (laughs) it's been quite a trip and learned a lot about the guy we hope you enjoyed it so next time it'll be my turn to kind of tell some things about myself and uh, share some things with uh, everyone I'm not sure what exactly what we're going to do but uh, we shall see so next time getting to know Derek a little bit better we'll see you then bye thanks for listening to the show We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.